Welcome to Dream Deep. Stories from inside with Molly and Nikki. Together we share stories, interviews, and ideas about what it means to dream deep and live fully. I'm Molly, a mama to three, a wife and owner of a small business in Virginia, Molly Suzanne, a photography company recently expanding to do custom coloring books and acrylic paintings. I'm Nikki Weaver, an artist, a healer, mover, maker, mama to two, wife to one, and currently building work with incarcerated women and women on the outside through a nonprofit called On the Inside, living in Portland, Oregon. We've taken a hiatus from podcasting and instead we've been living outside of the podcast world. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, it gets busy. It seems like in the summer, it's just like, pew, pew, pew. I mean, things are just like vacation. And then with COVID, it's like finally everybody's able to kind of get out a little bit more. So it's, it seems like it's intense, but it's great. Yeah, I feel that too. I feel like a, we had a calendar of sort of nothing and aimlessness and yeah. openness, which was awesome. And then all of a sudden, now we're like hopping around and, you know, double scheduling and over scheduling ourselves and yeah, navigating that. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Feeling that too. Well, Molly and I jumped on today and we sort of often, uh, I guess we reflect on what it is we want to talk about, like what's coming up for us now. And, and often that plays out through text messages or voice memos as we sort of think we got to come back together and, and talk again. So that's why we're here. Um, I guess a couple of things that have come up, Molly, that you were just mentioning, you want to jump in? Sure. Yeah. I guess the biggest thing that's been on my heart lately is just prioritizing and where do you as an individual fit into that priority because a lot of times I know myself and I know Nikki you seem a lot like me is just we give a lot and we want to give you know um, all of ourselves to everybody we love and but where can we pause and find time for um, podcasts mm -hmm. Or, you know, run, for us, we love to run and whatever it is for your life, um, how can you prioritize your family, your mental health, um, and things that are important to you and um, keep your head above water? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, I mean, I, we could call this struggle street part two, Molly. <laughs> we could. You know, and it's funny when I think of the word struggle street, it, it could be both things, you know, it could be the, the physical idea that you can't get out of bed and, and you're, you're stuck and overwhelmed with depression or fatigue. Um, yeah. I have a lot of friends that are just going through the trenches right now, relationships ending, yeah. homes or neighborhoods catching on fire very close to them, um, car accidents, um, illness, you know, death and, and I count myself lucky in that like I'm experiencing it secondhand, but I'm not experiencing it firsthand right now. And it makes me really think about, so all of us acknowledging that struggle is just a part of our life. How do we, how do we move through it? How do we address it rather than move around it? And, um, right. you know, I, I think about your, your question around um, prioritization 
especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know, and you're are juggling the family, um, the artist life, the business life, whatever it is you do, yeah. um, that there's always pieces of, of a puzzle that sometimes fit together. And sometimes I lose them under the car, you know, yeah. or in the, in the trash can when I'm dumping out dog poop, I feel like that, that some days I feel as though I'm, I'm doing really well. And other days I'm just like, I just want to hide in the basement of my thoughts. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know it. And it's, I think that um, the, what I love about running, I know Nikki, you addressed this, is just why we run. And for me, it's, it, it forces me to pause and it forces me to, um, well, physically, I love the way it makes me feel. Mentally, I love the way it makes me feel, but it, it does force me to pause and step away from everything. And it's like no distractions, but me, mm-hmm. my tennis shoes, the road, my music, whatever it is. And um, I, that's really important for my mental health, my physical health. And when I don't do that, I just, it, it feels like a piece of my, of the puzzle is missing for me. And I feel like I can't be the mom, the wife, the daughter that, um, that I can be, because I want to be my best version for the people that I love. And um but just how to prioritize things that, you know, put them up high on your list. And, and I tend to want to not put them like I kind of want to all of a sudden I I'm lower on the totem pole, I guess, if you will. <laughs> and um, for me, that comes naturally. I just think of putting people before myself and it doesn't feel natural to put myself first. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know if you can relate to that, Nikki, but. Um, yeah, I, to- I totally can. I think um I think I was lucky in, in that when I was a teenager, I started running Molly and really the way I could fit it into being in school full time, you know, was that I had to do it early in the morning or after school in the afternoon, you know, prior to kind of dinner time. Mm-hmm. And um, a- as you sort of fill up a schedule when you're in school with sports or debate teams or whatever it is that you become a part of. I started running early in the morning prior to school. And so since then, that's something that's like followed me into my adult life it is. And there have been times when I've sort of let it go and thought, nah, I'll sleep in. Nah, I don't like running. You know, I will, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And what I've recognized over the years is that later for me means putting it off. Actually, I probably won't do it. Yeah. And, but that's taken years to like recognize with myself of like, I understand that there's the lunchtime hour. I could do it. There's the pre-dinner or post-dinner time, but I actually, it doesn't feed me like it feeds me in the morning. And so, you know, I kind of call it my ritual or, or my time. And it, it is the first thing in the morning, but crack of dawn, you know, sunrise, wake up. And, and I'll just say like this last week, even though the weather's been beautiful here in Portland, I've been saying to Brian, I'm like, even though we're waking up early because the sun is so high in the sky and bright already, I I don't find myself excited to get up and run out the door, you know, and go for a run. And I'm not running fast. You know, I'm listening to stories. I'm listening to podcasts. It's going through the neighborhood. So it's very enjoyable. But um, there's times when I look forward to it. And then there's other times where I really don't want to do it. But my mental health, like you you said, Molly, I know is always better for it. And it's true that I do, you know, on that last little mile, I think, oh, now I can have my cup of coffee and sit on the stoop, yeah. and, you know, and then there's that gratitude for, for 
I did something I didn't want to do. I'm capable of doing hard things. Um, and I'm capable of telling my mind that we can go another way. So that, that's one thing that it made me think of. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I love what you said about, um, I think, as an entrepreneur, and as someone who me personally, that I can relate to Nikki is just, um, I, I know, with my own personality, I'm very, I guess you could call it stubborn. I've been heard it's stubborn, <laughs> but I'm very headstrong. I, I would recognize that too. That's <laughs> me too. I don't think it's a negative thing, but it's just, um, I, I think I'm, I'm competitive with myself and I hold a high expectation. Mm-hmm. And so I like to push myself beyond even what my brain is telling me at times, mm-hmm. like, don't do this. You can't keep going. You know, even with my full, the one full marathon I did, it was a constant battle the entire time. Like you can't do this. You um, won't finish. You're going to stop running, you know, and you just kind of push through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for, for me, I've then separated myself from, from that in the sense that there are times physically that I did need to step back and, um, not run as long or, you know, kind of what fits into my family life, what makes sense physically. Um, and just, but it is for me. And I, it seems like for you too, that it's just one of those things that, you know, like biking, for example, I have to, you know, you have to have a bike, you have to, you know, for me, it's like, I can just have my tennis shoes and myself mm-hmm. and then I can go, you yeah. know, and that's like, the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and, and uh, it makes me think Molly a little bit too of um, like, why, wh- so why do we run? I think years ago, it used to be physical benefits. You know, I liked the competition. Yeah. I liked being part of the team. And those are my teenage years. I liked racing against other schools Um, I I really like hungered for that. And then, you know, fast forward to injuries and, and getting married and kids and career that now it's so much more of, um, a mental, I I, I associate it more with mental health, mental wealth than I do with the physical benefits. And I, I enjoy the physical aspect of sweating and like moving things through. And really it's, um, it gives me that opportunity to, process yeah to to find quiet because you know I for me my life can be so full of phone calls zooms emails kids soccer practice you know all the things now that it's it's one of the only times during my day where I get quiet and there are lots of times where I think I choose to not listen to podcasts or audio or um, music really because I need the like the space And, and to to do that to create to find space when you're physically moving through space is, has been really beneficial. But so maybe that's, I think about, oh, why do we run? And I say we, cause I believe it's something you and I both like put into our day, put into our life because we have found long-term benefit, not short-term, but long-term benefit. And recognizing what you say, when I have a full schedule, I think, oh, just, just get up and just go for two miles today. Just go for two miles. Or if it's a weekend, I might think, oh, the kids are watching cartoons, Brian's hanging out, maybe I'll run 10 miles today, you know, but, but it, but it does change depending on how full my life feels. And I recognize when my schedule is loaded, I run less. Um, and when my schedule has more space in it, I think, ah, you know, COVID has been great for that. I, I ran a lot more during COVID because 
I had more time um, and more time to rest. But so I think of it, yeah, too, Molly, I was like, I was writing as you were talking about that, that why I run, I think it's associated with yes, physical, but mental, and then also the spiritual benefit, right? Because when we, when we tap into ourselves, to our inner world, our inner life, then suddenly we're more connected to spirituality, you know, whatever that means for whoever's listening, whether it's God you believe in, or whether it's recognizing, ah, oh, the ritual of running makes me a better mom, makes me a better partner. Um, I think that's how I think about spirit. Yeah. In, yeah. in the practice of running. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And um, I would 100% agree that it's, it's that quiet. It's that time with your, your spirit that it's the time with your own spirit and with whatever God, you know, means to you. And, and that's, and, and also just being with nature, being, feeling one with nature for me is just, um, I will go anywhere. I, I hate running on the treadmill. Absolutely despise it. Um, but I will run <laughs> in the snow. I'll run in the, you know, around the house. <laughs> I'll go to the track down the road in the neighborhood, whatever it is. And, um, and I also enjoy seeing other people in their element too. I don't know if you um, experience that in your ritual where you kind of pass certain houses and pass certain people in their lifestyle. And I think I enjoy, I enjoy people. I'm an extrovert. I love seeing what people enjoy and what makes them tick and the difference and how we, how the world goes around. Um, Definitely. That makes me think Molly of um, when I was traveling through Vietnam I remember it was pre-dawn and, and my friend and I were traveling on a bunch of buses and trains later that day. So I just stepped out onto the balcony and I ran on the spot for almost two Did hours. Really? Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> you know, Molly, and I was watching the sunrise, but, but it wasn't just the sunrise. I was like moving in a way that I felt safe. I felt close to my friend. I wasn't leaving her. And also, um, to watch the sunrise and then to see the city below me wake up and bustle to life was like this experience that I was like, huh, you know, and then in different cities, countries traveling, like running through the streets in Mexico and Zimbabwe and, and you, Australia, you know, that there's so much beauty when you, um, when you experience a, a place when you're on your feet, it's different yeah. than being in a car or on a plane or a train that, um, that, that you see things and you remember things or you get to know people or places or the flowers that they've planted and watch them bloom over time. I, I think those are moments too of like running that are, um, that are spiritual, right? That when you, uh, that, it, that it is a spiritual practice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And it, going back to priorities, you know, um, mm -hmm. I, I can honestly feel myself like, for example, I haven't run in probably close to a week. Mm -hmm. I went to the townhouse that we were at, and then now we're at the new place. And I feel a little safer in the neighborhood running, so I ran over there just like in between, you know, the the day to day things, the uh -huh. errands and the kids, and um, and it was one of their last days of school, and you mm -hmm. know. I think that I see everything else in my life that I can control. Mm -hmm. I see that when I put a pro that priority specifically running or walking or whatever it is, that, that space, everything else sort of falls into place better. And, and that, that also, I mean, I'll say it right now. I, I catch myself when I'd stop running. I have that fear of, I'm not going to pick it back up. It's yeah. weird. 
Yeah. But, and then, you know, I feel like I'm eating more ice cream at night or whatever it is. And then it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, I turn to something else. It's not as healthy for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. anyways, I don't, I don't know if, if you can relate Nikki, but I just, I definitely can. Well, I, I love ice cream, but I also love late night popcorn and chip binging. That's, that's my late night yeah. snack. But yeah. I think when you speak about space, the space that running opens, Molly, I think about um, it, it gives me this space during my day or the first thing in the morning. Yes, to process. But also, I think when we have space, whether we're sitting on a meditation cushion or taking a walk or just standing under a tree, it, it also, I associate it with, it opens a space for creativity. And I know you're an artist and that um, sometimes when, when we're so packed, we're so jammed, it's hard to make space to be creative, especially if it's for us, not for someone else. You know, it's, it's, it's easy, like you said earlier on, on this, that to, to make space, to put other people at the top of your totem pole. Yeah. Um, and, and just recognizing, like for me, one of my daily practices is um, I love to see things in words. I, I know you are too, a paper pen marker person. So I often, you know, I have to-do lists. My little like OCD brain is, I have one side of my list is all associated with work. And then the other side is associated with like dreams or loves or travels. Um, and then, and then I have to cross them out or erase them when I'm done. And once there's too many lines on it, then I rewrite it all, you know, um, because things change, you know, and um, that, that helps my brain focus. It also shows me, sometimes I number it like one, two or three, because there might be 10 things on one side. And I know that in a day, I'm only going to get to two of the things. Um, and, you know, really rather than like being sidetracked by emails or phone calls or all of the things that exist on a schedule because of kids' lives or, or running a business, yeah. you know, I have to think, okay, I can't respond to every email that comes in today, but what are the two goals that I'm going to do that are work or personal, you know, and, and that might look like you know, today, one of my goals is I'm sending a large packet of envelopes, self-addressed stamps to a prison in Wyoming so that the women have envelopes that they can send right back. So, you know, putting stamps on envelopes, writing our business address on it, it's taking time, but it, it also, I'm like, that is my one goal today to get that to the post office, yeah. you know, work-wise. And then, and then in the back of my head, and I'm like, ah, and I also have to craft a, an email to our board. Um, will I get to that? Maybe not, but I'll at least start a draft of it. So, you know, and, and the rest of the time really today is sort of about being present with family. And, uh, I, I think, yeah, th those are ways my, my little to-do list for me, the morning run, if I can prioritize me yeah. first thing, then I do think I show up as a better parent or partner. I feel more willing to, to take on those other roles. I guess that's what it is really, yeah. Molly. I feel more willing rather than with a tinge of resentment. <laughs> Isn't yeah. actually that I have to address. That is such a huge point because I, I do catch myself when I'm not prioritizing myself. I mm -hmm. do start building resentment. Like, why don't I matter? Why doesn't my time matter? And if, and if somebody tries to take that away from me, I get very defensive. Like, mm -hmm. this is my 30 minutes of my time. I hope you can prioritize 30 minutes for you too. But yes. don't attack my time. This is for me. And I do so much for everyone else. Let me at least have this 30 minutes. And and call that being stubborn. Call that being hard-headed. Mm -hmm. But that's what I need. And the people that love me know that that's what I need. 
So how do you, Molly, I'm so curious, like in, in helping our listeners and helping ourselves, how do you prioritize your time then, you know, to, to, to take care of whether it's running or whether it's making your art practice photography candles, like how do you prioritize your time? That's a great question. Um, you know, I know my specific journey might be different than someone else, but um, I have my kids half the time mm -hmm. and, um, and then they're with their dad the other half. So I prioritize specifically things that are for work. I try to do it when the kids are with their dad or with, you know, the um, childcare that he has. And, you know, and then, but I would say I tend to slowly, you know, I'm, it's, I'm not as much of a priority. So I would say um, writing it down really helps me. I'll go back to my list, like you said, and I'll just say, um, you know, and my counselors help me with this, you know, put at least three things small in your day. They could be five to 10 minutes, but that take care of you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, say one day could be 30 minutes of running. One day it could be 10 minutes of art, 10 minutes of just sitting, just mm -hmm. being and watching the birds. Yeah. Another 10 minutes is baking with your kids or whatever it is, just prioritize three small things in a day. That, that's great. I, I hope if you're listening, you, you do that. You write them down, you mentally note them. Another friend of mine, Julie Jeske, who's a wonderful therapist, uh, a practice we've done in a workshop before, um, Molly, and you have such beautiful journals. I, I know you probably most certainly have a page that's just a calendar. And one of the activities that we have done is, as a sort of circle sitting is to ask everybody to put one thing on like a month of their calendar, but one thing a day. And that's hard. And, and we've done it mostly during the month of November or December when a lot of us are spending energy, you know, creating all the family events, rituals, traditions. But what's one thing a day? And then to, to ask the group to name things out loud. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to make my favorite cup of tea. I'm going to sit on my balcony for at least five minutes without my phone in my hand. I'm going to go to bed earlier. You know, I'm going to wake up and watch one sunrise during this month. So, so that things that we begin to see that we can prioritize ourselves and it doesn't necessarily has to have to cost money, um, but that it has to cost because really otherwise what we're looking at is it costs us our well-being, right? Yeah. If we don't say yes to it. Um, yeah, my, my cousin actually told me recently, she said saying no to one thing is saying yes to something else. Yep. And I think that's a big one, like you just said, is just, um, you know, sometimes you say yes, sometimes you say no, and you can, in a very kind, loving way, say those things that prioritized you. And, and that makes me think of too, Molly, that no can be a full sentence. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which is a hard one to practice, right? To layer on the excuse or the reason or to figure out justification, but to just simply say no. Nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> that that's your homework listeners practice saying no and practice saying no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Take Thanks care. Guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye.